Grace to you, peace from God our Father and our Lord and Savior Jesus Christ. I forgive you. Listen to those words and believe them because they are true. Truer than what we usually say when we put that in the passive voice and say things like, at least I'm forgiven. <laughs> Funny how that glides off the tongue so easily. Uncomfortable, how comfortable I am with the freedom and grace that is mine in Christ. Makes me think, of course, that the gospel is reduced to just a token, a get-out-of-jail-free card, a quick justification, so that whenever I decide I want to indulge myself, even if I know it's a little bit wrong, even if I know it's a lot a bit wrong, at least I know I'm forgiven. For all my brokenness, my broken flesh, my broken heart, I can just scab it over because self-justifying Christianese is easier than humbling myself before a God whose commandments are demanding. I'm forgiven. I know it. So it doesn't matter that I have sex with that woman or that man, that person who's not my husband or my wife, because I know I'm forgiven. No worries. I'm forgiven. So I've got a right to feel anger and bitterness in my heart as long as I don't show it, put on a good mask. And all the while grouse inwardly about my student, my professor, my boss or my boss's boss, my employee. At least I know I'm covered so I can indulge in a little backstabbing and gossip to save face. It doesn't matter, thank God, because I'm forgiven. So I can justify myself with the way I waste my time and the way I waste my money, it's mine after all, just like my body and my soul and my mind. What's most important after all is good self-esteem, learning to forgive myself. I can use my experiences and my brain to turn my vices into virtues, pointing the finger at others maybe, but justifying myself for all the good Good reasons I have to choose the darkness instead of the light. To choose ignorance instead of opening up my eyes to the seriously broken nature of my heart. I'm forgiven, after all, so I don't need to worry even about what God screams out, shouts out in the word in all its forms. I probably don't need to worry much about getting right, nailing the center of what God actually says in his commandments about a life with the people around me and a life with God. So long as I wave to God's house and tip my hat to the fact that a church exists, get some ashes on my head and say some God talk with some God jargon and comfort myself, that I go to school or I have a job at a God college. After all, the most important thing to know is that I'm covered, I'm forgiven, like a special badge, you know, that allows me to live like the rest of the 8 billion people alive in the world today because I've got the holy hall pass. I'm immune. So I don't have to worry about feelings. You know, the bad ones, 
that still come up when I look in the mirror, that still haunt me in spite of my rationalizations, in spite of my self-justifications, my habits, and my decisions not to let sin bother me, my past, my history, my present, my plans for the weekend, my plans for tonight, the nagging realization that I've got symptoms, guilt, guilt because I know there's a better way, shame, paranoia, I'll be found out. Be found out, maybe I'm not as good as I keep telling myself. That maybe I'm not as okay with my neighbor and my God as I've tried to convince myself. And that maybe somebody's out to get me. I know. I know. CJ, I know. Because I hear your confessions in my confessional. And you know as well as I do that it's easier to spit out the self-justifying story than to cut to the heart of the matter and even offer self-justifying protests in the passive voice. At least I'm forgiven. When guilt and shame and the haunting doubt of my own goodness hang over me, that phrase, at least I'm forgiven, can begin to sound pretty cheap. Yes? Cheap. Yes. As if I'm using a code to say, I get to live my life as my own and choose to make God a part of it when I want or need to. Lucky old God. How privileged he is to get to indulge you and your lifestyle, your choices, your bad habits. Lucky old God. A call to repentance is a healthy reminder that you don't get to hide behind your silent, self-justifying stories, the fabrications and fibs that push your inevitable judgment out to a later date, kicking the proverbial can down the road as you strive to get right through your own efforts and your Herculean feats of imagination, running faster, and working harder to assuage your own conscience. Look clean on the outside. Prove to the world and to the God of your imagination that you've got it all together. It's not that you don't need to do that. Dear friend in Christ, it's that you don't get to. Because what no one else sees, except you and the one you see in the mirror, what mom and dad don't see, what your wife doesn't see, what your husband doesn't see, what your kids don't see, what your boss doesn't see, what your friends don't see, and what even you refuse to look at and reckon with and deal with. That's what God sees. He sees to the heart the Lord cuts to the heart of the matter, and the heart of the matter is your heart, sinner, and your heart is corrupt. Corrupt to an unfixable degree, 
that no amount of Ash Wednesday discipline will take care of. Not your sincerest sackcloth, your giving up gossip, or your fasting from fast food can ameliorate. Rend your hearts and not your garments. Rip up your heart. Return to the Lord your God. Stop making him a portion, a part, a fraction of your life. Open your eyes to see that that's not something you get to do. Open your eyes to see that he is God and you are you. That he is creator and you are creature. He, the just, you, the unjust. He, the one who abounds, and you, the one who is in need. He, the one who in his mercy has made you a part of his life, not the other way round. Humble yourself under God's mighty hand, and he will lift you up in due time. Humble means down. On the ground, square one, soberly standing on the basic truth of God in his heaven who can do whatever he wants. No amount of manipulation, wheedling, crying, wanting, wishing, or pixie dust hoping motivates God to care about you at all. And humble is the only way to receive the good of what this God actually gives. And what he actually gives is not a cheap, passive voice, throwaway phrase that says, at least I'm forgiven. He's not a God of the imagination, but of the real, of the earthly, of the actual, of the active, as you heard God's voice saying it, I forgive you. He says, get out of your head. Get out of your heart, that dirty thing. Get out of you and listen up. I forgive you. Stop relying on your feelings and your self-assurance. Rely on, instead on my word, on my promise. I have made you a part of my life, says this Lord God. I did it by taking on your flesh in my Son, Jesus Christ. The broken flesh and the ripped up heart of his sacrificial death is more than a solidarity with the broken flesh and the ripped up heart of you. It's flesh that is forever broken to fix what is broken in you forever. It is a ripped up heart that is forever pierced to open up a place for you, to give you a dwelling place, to give you a resting place, to give you a wall of protection against the great and terrible Yom Yahweh, the Dasire, the great and terrible day of the Lord that is unavoidable, and coming to judge all the hidden works of your dirty mind, of your dirty hands, of your dirty heart, so stop relying on your get-out-of-jail-free passive voice phrase. Don't cheapen God's love and grace by living outside of that ripped-up heart of Jesus Christ. Live in it instead. It's fleshy. It's bloody. It's hot.
passionate. It's anything but comfortable. But it's for you. It's anything but comfortable because it's bleeding for your thoughts and words and deeds and for what you have done and for what you have left undone. And when you look around in Christ's ripped up heart, the walls are red to wash away what you'll do today. And what you do and think and say today matters because his judgment is coming. Dwell in his ripped up heart Dear friends in Christ, rend your heart and not your garments, for the Lord abounds in steadfast love. In Jesus' name, amen.